Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Father, we thank you. We praise you. You are still everything your word declares that you are. We come to celebrate the truth of who you are in the midst of falsehood, lies, and deception. We ask that you move mightily among your people. Manifest your grace and your glory so we can continue to testify of your goodness in Jesus' name. Everybody put your hands together. Bless your band. Thank you, worship team. Come on, put your hands together. I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I'm ready to get into the Word of God. So God bless you. Thank you for your prayers. Open your Bibles or your electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 16. We are blessed and honored to have Pastor Donnell and Michelle Colbert, son and daughter. Amen to be here. We're going to teach tonight, or tonight, today, this morning, we're going to teach you why we sing this song, Miracle Signs and Wonders. We're going to teach you why it's crucial and how we walk in that. It's good to be here. It's good to see you. It's good to see Jennifer. It's good to see Keelan's wife, KJ's mama. <laughs> She has her own name. She kicking. Amen. It's good to be here. Man, this is going to be good this morning. It's going to be really, really good. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us read it out loud together. Those of you at home, we bless you and thank you for tuning in. Ready? Begin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You may be seated. We've already prayed. We, 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 we started a new series of teaching on the anointing, and then we went into boldness. And uh, we're still going to talk about boldness, because boldness is crucial in this hour if we're going to receive what God has for us. Amen. Boldness is crucial. If you look around, and it doesn't take much. All, all, all these, these uh, yes, these special interest groups, they're boldly declaring what they want. And, and, and there, many are so bold until they will not be stopped. And, and since that's true, we, in, as the body of Christ, we got to raise our boldness level. Now, now I'm, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about getting on people's nerves. I'm, I'm talking about just being boldly confident that God is who he says he is, and everything he promised you is yours. And you're not going to take anything less than what your God promised you. In, in fact, raise your hand and say, I'm not going to accept anything less than what my God promises me. And say, I'm going to be bold about getting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be bold about it. If, if I have to pray longer, I'm, I'm going to pray stronger. I'm going to I'm, no, no, no. God, you said. All right, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So since we have Jesus Christ as our great high priest, we talked about that not too long ago. We know, we learn that he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he was tempted just like we were, but without sin. All right. So Jesus understands everything we're challenged with. Because Jesus understands everything that we've been challenged with, we should never be ashamed to approach him. 
Don't that feel good right there? That just, we, I don't care what you're tempted with. I don't care how horrible, despicable you may think the devil may make you feel. You should never be afraid to approach God with your issue. Never. This is important. We're talking about boldness. See, because when you understand how much God genuinely, truly has always loved you, because in God lives outside of time. So God's love for you has no time limit. It's amazing how, how we, we put God in a box in time and we'll say, man, you know, when I was, when I wasn't uh, living foul, God was really, he really loved me. Do you not know God knew when you was going to turn foul? He loved you anyway. That's what his grace and his mercy is all about. He knew you was going to make a left turn when you should have made a right turn. So don't be afraid to approach God like he your cousin. I didn't know I was going to. God, I know you didn't know I was going to do that. I know I hurt you. No, 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 no. What what, what what uh, that song by um, Maverick City? You weren't holding him up, so you can't let him down. So so we must come boldly to the throne of grace. We we must come boldly. See, coming boldly is approaching the throne of grace without fear, without doubt, unbelief, or shame. Now, yeah, I got to tell you this right off the top. What I'm talking about, what I'm teaching you this morning, this has to bypass your emotions. It has nothing to do with your emotion. It has nothing to do with religiosity. It has everything to do with understanding. You need to get, we need to get a greater understanding. The throne of grace, write this down. It's not in the notes. The throne, God's throne of grace is the place he rules from. In the Old Testament, it was called the mercy seat. It's where God ruled and made judgments from. So in the New Testament, Paul calls it the throne of grace. (laughs) Because God is ruler. And as kingdom citizens, when we come to God... We come to him as ruler of the kingdom of God. So we have to, now that we begin to understand grace and mercy, we can come and approach God with total confidence, total trust. Why? Because he didn't kill us when we deserved it. Instead, he sent Jesus. Hallelujah. He sent Jesus, who's full of grace and truth. So if he didn't kill us then, he ain't trying to kill you now. If he, if he gave his life so we could have life then, you can have life now. So we don't need to be afraid of God in terms of him killing and punishing us right now. Because we are in the dispensation of grace God is more willing to give you grace than he is to hit you upside your head. So you can come boldly because he ain't finna punch you. We can be confident he's going to bless us because what? He's not here to punish. Please understand that. So we come boldly to the throne only because of this major Well, let me say it another way. The primary reason, the primary, not the sole or the only reason, the primary reason that we come to the throne of grace with boldness is because God gave us boldness. That's what Timothy or Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7. God says he's not given us the spirit of fear. That's timidity. Listen, don't be intimidated by the devil and you don't need to be intimidated by God. 
You don't need to be afraid of Satan, the devil, and you don't need to be afraid to approach God. Why? Because God didn't give us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God didn't give us a cowardice spirit. Don't be a coward in your relationship with God. Don't be timid. Timid, Timidness is the opposite of boldness. You know, we, we, (laughs) we've learned, many have, to teach their children to speak up. You you don't want to, you don't want a timid child. Those are the ones, God forbid, in the name of Jesus, those are the ones that can get abused. They don't say anything. You've been getting abused. But, but a child that you say, speak up. Well, the teacher did, did this or this person did that. You need children to be bold, to speak up so they're not abused. Well, you need to speak up so the enemy stop abusing you with your grown self. Speak up. Go to God and say, I'm tired of the devil. You got to speak up. Don't be afraid to go to God and say, I'm tired of the devil making me sick. Heal me, Jesus. I'm tired of being broke. Fear has torment, the Bible tells us. God's not trying to torment his children. The devil does that. God is not trying to torment his children. Torment comes from the fear of of being punished. I don't know how many people do this anymore, but I remember my generation, my mother would say, I'm too tired right now, but I'm gonna whoop you tomorrow. <laughs> that was torment. <laughs> whoop me now, let's get it over with. I can't sleep, because I'm finna get whooping. And if your mama was like my mama, she'd wake you up in the middle, I'm gotcha now. Oh! <laughs> That's torment, man. You're going to whoop me tomorrow. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 19. Let's go. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. We already have it. We already have it. We've been given the spirit of power, of supernatural ability, soundness of mind. We already have boldness. Tell somebody you're already bold. You just been bold the wrong way. Having therefore, Hebrews 10, 19, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Here we go. Okay, so then what gives us access to God, to the throne of grace? to God's grace, to God's mercy. What gives us access is the blood of Jesus. Write that down. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. We must understand the blood of Jesus. We must get a revelation of the blood of Jesus. We must get a spiritual, a biblical, a supernatural kingdom revelation of the blood of Jesus. Notice what is written again in Hebrews 10, 19 in King James or Elizabethan English, as it's called. He says, having therefore brethren. Now, you don't talk like that today. You know, some some of us do. You know, you've been in church all your life. You talk in King James English. I I, I wish I'm not going to bother nobody. You, you ever talk to somebody, they say amen before they say anything. Amen. And God said, you know, amen. And God, you, you didn't learn that in school. So, so that's Elizabeth, <laughs> that's Elizabethan English, but this is what it means. It means something. Having therefore brethren, it means consequently. Consequently, since we have been given God's spirit and it's a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, we already have boldness. So he says, as a result of the spirit we've been giving, given, we need to understand the blood of Jesus. 
God, through Jesus, gives us the Holy Spirit so we can understand the word. The Father, through Jesus, gives us the Holy Spirit so we can be led into all truth. This, this will help you right here. Holy Ghost gives us revelation, illumination, and impartation so that we are not just religious when we read or hear the word. In other words, Holy Ghost gives you a real amen. What I mean by that? A real amen is when that word hits you. I get it now. Amen. Instead of just, you know, oh, he said something, he does amen. He said something, he finished amen. No, Holy Ghost gives us the genuine, that's true. I get that from God. So our boldness then is based on the blood of Jesus. It's important because the blood of Jesus the blood, well, before we even get to Jesus, let me just give you some history so you can track with me here. All right. Uh, I'm kind of shifting here. I've been leading you to this point, but let me just tell you right out. What you and I need to understand is the legality of the kingdom. The legalities of being in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. All right. Blood all the way back to the Old Testament was used legally to cleanse and purge things in God's economy. Yeah. Hebrews 9, beginning at verse 19, as Moses' teaching tells us, Moses told all the people every commandment. Then he took the blood of calves and goats together with some water, red yarn, hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll in all the people. Verse 20. Moses said, here is the blood that seals the promise God made you. Don't miss that. The blood seals the promise. The blood is what makes the promise legally yours. It's not just because he said it don't mean you got it until the blood is applied. He goes on again. I'm going to say he says again. He said, here is the blood that seals the promise God has made you. Verse 21. In the same way, Moses sprinkled blood on the tent and on everything used in worship. Verse 22, and almost all things are by the law <laughs> purged with blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Here's what the Hebrew writer says. Almost all things were purged by blood. The reason he says almost all things, some things were purged by fire. Some things were purged through washing with water. But most of the important things concerning the kingdom were purged by blood. Blood is what makes things legal and legally usable by the kingdom of God. So the blood of Jesus is far more powerful than the blood of bulls and goats. Now think about this with me. Go with me in your mind. I'm not going to go long because I don't have a lot of time. But go with me in your mind and let's go back 4,000 years and let's be Israelites and let's be priests. And let's see ourselves doing our worship. And we have to use the blood of bulls and goats to sprinkle on the things we're going to use to worship God. Let's, let's go even further. Let's go, all of us be the high priest that has to kill the blood or kill the lamb and apply the blood so everybody's sins can be forgiven. Can you imagine how everybody would feel knowing that once a year when the high priest killed that lamb, all our sins will be forgiven? Probably not one person didn't look forward to that day. Man, the day of atonement's tomorrow. 
Man, we're going to get my, my slates going to be wiped clean. Man, everything is coming back to me. Man, I'm going to be clean before God. Man, God's going to bless me. Everything God promised me can come to pass. I can't wait for tomorrow when the blood is applied. They look forward to that. Because it was the law. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When the blood was applied, everybody was clean. We need to think this way ourselves. Because, again, by law. Somebody say by law. law. Say it out loud. By By law. By law, in the kingdom of God, almost all things are cleansed by blood. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness There can be no deliverance and there can be no freedom. So our boldness is based on the blood of Jesus. Because if the blood of bulls and goats could clean a nation, how much more will the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you and me? Somebody need to get bold and say, I'm clean. I'm clean. Now, of course, of course, of course, being clean won't mean anything to you if you like being dirty. <laughs> if you like lying, stealing, cheating, and being filthy, and fornicating, and the, if you like all that stuff, then that blood, the blood don't mean nothing to you. But if you understand this, if you understand this, this being that sin disqualifies us from the covenant promises of God. You won't want to be unclean. When you understand that sin disqualifies people from citizenship in the kingdom, you ain't going to want to be a sinner. Oh, let's get there. Let's get there. Let's get there. All right. So the blood of Jesus gives us legal rights as citizens of the kingdom. Write that down, please. The blood of Jesus gives us legal rights. Circle those two words, legal rights. Legal rights. The blood. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us legal rights to be citizens of the kingdom. Being born again or being born from above is how we get to be kingdom citizens. You know, excuse me. Sometimes I wonder if, at least in this and the past generation of church goers, including the preacher and the teacher, if we didn't emphasize or overemphasize membership and underemphasized citizenship. Now, I'm going to say this. And, and I'm not trying, I'm not being, I'm not meaning to be, to be insensitive. I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point, you know. So, you know, give me some, give me some latitude here with this. All right. So we're talking about, at this moment, citizenship. Now, the people that were born in America don't really understand the power of citizenship as much as people that want to be citizens of America. Folks born here just kind of take it for granted. See, see, see. You don't really understand the power of citizenship in America unless you've come from somewhere else that doesn't have all the amenities and the promises and the opportunities that citizenship in America gives you. Well, it's the same thing in the kingdom. See, if you wrapped up in church membership, oh, I'm a member of so-and-so church, I, I go to so-and-so church. See, see, then you, you may miss the benefit of citizenship because you stuck on membership. Ephesians 
But now, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Man, I feel the anointing. Just reading that scripture, I just felt the presence of God. Mm, 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 mm. But now, notice the verbiage, but now in Christ Jesus, those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we realize there was a time before we were saved, we were so far away from God, so far away from grace, so far away from salvation, so far away from deliverance, so far away from having a right mind. We were so crazy. We were so far away. We didn't have no peace. Couldn't even, smell, couldn't even spell peace. We were so far away from the Prince of Peace, we didn't even know what peace was. But now, man, I feel it. Like, hey, shut up. But now, somebody know how to sleep at night. Somebody got more peace than you've ever had. But now, because what? We've been drawn near. Jesus drew you near. Jesus drew us near. You know what happened as Jesus was drawing us near? He was rubbing himself on us. He, he was rubbing himself on us. He was rubbing his anointing on us, his nature, his character. We were getting his spirit. And so now we began to realize the benefit of being a kingdom citizen. He says, we were once far off, <laughs> but we've been made nigh. You know what that, that also means to me? We've made family. Tell somebody, I'm part of God's family. I'm a friend of God. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I have rights and privileges Average folk don't have. Said this yesterday. Colossians 3, Paul says, set your affection on things above. This is why some of us lose the victory, can't maintain the victory, the peace, the strength, the anointing, because we lose sight on our genuine citizenship in heaven and we focus on earth. This is why you can't let your kids lose the victory because you won't buy them no Yeezys. <laughs> Set your affection on things above. That's where you're from. Look at someone and say, I'm from above. <laughs> we used to hear this all the time. I was growing up in the, in the church. We used to even sing songs about it. Uh, this world ain't my home. This world is not your home. You're a citizen of heaven. Right now. Ephesians 2.19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Woo! And you are of the household of God. This is, this is who you are. Because of the blood. This is what the blood has made you and I. You, you, you got to get this. We got to understand this. Let me read that again. Now we are no more strangers. And again, I'm, 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 you know, not to, I'm just trying to make it, help you understand this. We've got, we got people that, that are from different nations that when you came here, you didn't even speak English and you felt Strange. People even, God forbid, it's sad to say, some people made you feel strange. You didn't feel apart until you learned the language and you assimilated some of the cultural aspects of being here. And, and as you learn what, what it meant to be a citizen, you didn't feel as strange. Well, well, let me help you. Let me help. Let me help us believers. See, now that you and I are born again, spirit filled, 
<laughs> washed in the blood, it's made a part of the family of God, citizens of heaven. You need to understand now you are going to be made to feel strange everywhere you go in this world. You're a stranger. You're strange. You're weird. You believe in prayer. You believe in worship. You believe in fasting. You believe in miracles. How strange is that? I'm preaching up in here today. Don't feel bad because people make you feel strange. You're not from here. We got a different culture. No wonder people say, what, what is that? What did you call that? What's that? Tongue said again, Tito Tata. That's a whole nother, you don't understand what I'm saying. It sounds strong. I'm from another, I'm from another place. I got another language. You go to what? You go to church on Sunday? People don't do that anymore. That's strange. I'm strange. I know it's strange, but I'm from another country. I'm from another place. I'm part of another kingdom. We go to church on Sunday. We bless God on Sunday. We worship the Lord. I know it may seem strange to you, but that's what I do because of the blood. What I do. Foreigners. The world got the language from the, from, from, the, from the kingdom. Illegal alien. All of us that are saved in here and watching are illegal aliens. On this earth, in this world. We're alien. Strange. You look strange. We talk strange. We walk strange. Our lifestyle is strange. We ain't got two daddies and two mommies. To us, that's strange. We don't let our children choose their gender. To us, that's strange. It's all because of the blood of Jesus. Because you can trace that back all the way. And our family line has never done that. Jesus wasn't confused whether he was a man or a woman. Jesus wasn't binary. None of us are confused about who we are. In our family, in the family of God, that don't run in our family. That don't run in our family. Oh, man. See, we are citizens, members of the family of God, inhabitants of the kingdom of God, with full rights and privileges as any other citizen in heaven. Did you hear what I said? Let me say it to you another way. Now that you understand who you really are and all the rights and privileges as you begin to learn what they are as a kingdom citizen being a part of the family of God. You and I have the same rights and privileges as hmm, Moses, Elijah, Paul. I don't care who they are. If they in the kingdom, you have the same right to be healed like Paul. You have the right to be saved. You have the right to be blessed like anybody else in the kingdom. It's yours. Because of the blood. So you need to get bold about it. Stop sitting back wondering can you be blessed and wondering can you be healed and wondering can you be delivered. You can be just as delivered as anybody else in the kingdom of God that's ever got delivered. You can get delivered too. Get bold about it. Get bold about it. Now, for some of you that are more mature, you're going to pray, well, if Paul got caught up, I'm going to get caught up. 
If Paul can go up there and see stuff, I can too. He got the right, I got the right. God, show me some mysteries. Show me some miracles. Show me some super... Uh, you got to be mature though. You, you got to be ready for that. I'm going to give you a worldly example. I'm going to mess you up. <laughs> See, it's one thing to watch Bud's Bob. It's another thing to be mature enough to watch John Wick. I hope I didn't mess you up with that. But you got to be bold. You got to realize what anyone else received from God that's a part of his kingdom, you have the potential to receive it too. Because you're a citizen, just like in America. That's why we get attorneys. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you pull me over? I'm getting an attorney. You had no right to pull me over. I had a legal license, legal registration, legal insurance. You should have pulled me over. I know my rights. Now, my brothers and sisters, understand this. The kingdom of heaven functions based on legalities. I already said that to you. God has courts. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts, plural, with praise. See, the reason some of us don't know how to get things accomplished spiritually is because we don't understand the courts of heaven. Every court has certain procedures that have to be followed. You can't just get up in court and start talking when you want to. See, oh God, I wish I had more time. See, we got, we got folks in the church that love God. You love God. You love God. But you haven't learned parliamentary procedures. You can't just get up and start saying what you want to say. Philippians 3.20. I wish I had more time. We, however, are citizens of heaven. We look forward to the Lord Jesus Christ coming from heaven as our savior. <laughs> the King James says, our conversation is in heaven. Our conversation is in heaven. This is why you need to study the Bible. Just don't read it because you, oh, I got to talk heaven talk. That's not what that means. The word conversation here means speech. It means language. And it also means and encompasses your way of life. So our way of life is now heavenly because we are citizens of heaven. Just like wonderful people that come from here, come to America from all over the world. Once you get here and become a natural citizen, your lifestyle becomes one that matches everything America stands for. You can't come here and become a citizen and live like you're a citizen of another country. Neither can you get saved and become a kingdom citizen and still live like you in the world. The promises of God won't work. The blessings of God won't manifest. You're a lawbreaker. The way of a transgressor or a lawbreaker is hard. The reason some saints having it so hard, you won't conform to your new kingdom. You can't get saved, get married, and then tell some other woman, that's your wife too. Or another man, that's your husband too. It doesn't work that way in God's economy or in God's kingdom. You are breaking the law and you become a lawbreaker. Now, instead of blessings, you're subject to penalties and fines. Some of y'all are tired, but you're getting fined until you don't look like you're getting blessed. You, you, you paying so many fines. Oh, you don't know what they are. Every month, two or three things break down. That's a fine. You can't keep no money. You won't tithe. I didn't say you was cursed. I'm just saying you, you, you have to pay fines. 
You didn't realize, man, that washing machine broke down three times. That's a fine. All right. Our conversation is in heaven. Our speech, we talk differently now that we're in the kingdom. This is why you can be bold. This is why we can say, God said this and I believe it. It's not arrogance. It's boldness. God is my God. He promised he would never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to talk like that. What am I supposed to talk like? I'm not a child of God. Are you kidding me? Our conversation is now based on our citizenship. So I can be bold because everybody that's a, <laughs> everybody that's a citizen of the kingdom is well satisfied. There ain't no lack in the kingdom. What you talking about? Ain't no lack. I know it's not good English. Okay, there is no lack in the kingdom of God. Ain't no lack in the kingdom. Everybody is well satisfied in the kingdom. David said, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. You'll never get forsaken as a citizen of the kingdom. Jesus is a very... Kingdom preaching sounds different than religious preaching. <laughs> Kingdom preaching is based on principles. Statutes, commands, the unchanging nature of God's economy. This is what we need to hear, principles. You got enough sense to know that just because you're in this service, Gravity still affects you. <laughs> All right. The world thinks you're crazy because you come from another kingdom. What do you think people are going to say when you say kingdom things? or when you say the things your king is saying. Don't, don't get upset. They haven't read the Bible. They don't, that's why you gotta be wise. You can't always say, you know, you sit down having lunch or whatever, and, and people are talking about, you know, the economy and how hard it is, and you say, well, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Where you get her from? Why she here eating with us? See, that just made me mad. Oh, my gosh, what are you talking about? It sounds crazy to people. They don't, they've not read the Constitution. As Dr. Miles Rowe would call the Bible. They haven't read our Constitution. And sad to say, some of y'all ain't read it either. We sound crazy to the world. We all have an accent. That's why when you quote scripture, uh, say that again. They couldn't quite get it because it's an accent. It's a spiritual accent. They can't quite get it. So sometimes you got to break it down and put it in your own words. So you can't really put scripture in your own words until you learn it enough studied enough, understand it, then you don't always have to say book, chapter, verse. You can just say it and it's the word. Our conversation is different. Our way of life is different. We don't, we don't do that. That's why it's tough now. It's tough. What, you know, it's tough, you know, with your children bringing their friends from school over your house. Because you don't do a lot of stuff that Oh, we shouldn't do a lot of stuff. If your house just like everybody else's house down the road. <laughs> it's quiet in this place. 
See, every kingdom and country has their own traditions. I've said this, I haven't said this in years. Every Christian home, you ought to have developed your own traditions that your children grow up learning to follow. When you pray, how to pray, what to do. You, those are your traditions. Those are the things that keep you grounded and keep your children grounded when they go off to college. You've developed tra- traditions based on the kingdom. Are you hearing me? We have to do these things on purpose. Our citizenship gives us the legal right to boldly, here we go. I'm going to finish up here. Give me, can I have 15 more minutes? You all right? All right. Our citizenship in heaven gives us the legal right to boldly plead the blood of Jesus. Oh, we're going somewhere now. Write that down. We believers, kingdom citizens, have the right to boldly plead the blood of Jesus. Some of you don't even really, you haven't heard that much. Maybe not at all. I grew up hearing that, learning what it means to plead the blood of Jesus. Again, these are things, these are spiritual principles that are being lost in the church. Hmm. Saints, we are anointed to plead the blood of Jesus because it was his blood that saved us, healed us, delivered us. And every time we get in worship and fellowship, with Jesus, he rubs more of himself on us anyway. That's why you got to get into worship. That's why you got to get here to pray. You need, you need to make sure some of y'all need to get really rubbed on. You, you come in here right 10 minutes before I preach, you ain't get rubbed enough. You ain't get enough Jesus on you for tomorrow. See, Jesus brought us close. <laughs> And he rubbed himself all over us. So, how do we plead the blood? Let's talk about it. Why do we need to plead the blood? Because the attacks, and, and if, this, if this means anything to you, say man. Because the attacks of the enemy are nonstop. I, I, I could pass this, this microphone around and, and the saints would just, whoo. Some of us would go to crying as saints go to talk about one after another, after another, after another attack. You know, you know, you know, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the hospital and Deborah get a call. Her, one of her nieces in the hospital need a heart transplant. Just one thing after another. You can't, you can't really... Pray for yourself because you keep trying to pray for everybody else. Stuff keep happening. One thing after another. Then I get called one of my brothers and another one of my brothers. And, and then, oh, man, one thing after another. And members and this and that. Just one after another. One after, just one after another. Am I talking to anybody? You could, you could, we ain't got the camera on your face. Just let your face go. Just let it go. <laughs> just let your face go. Let's just be real today. Just let it go. One after another. After It ain't one thing. It's another, but another, something else. And you'd be like, my God, well, this is why we need to be bold. This is why we need to understand the blood of Jesus, because the attacks of the enemy are nonstop. Back in the day, we was growing up, you wrestle and you say, uncle, they, they let you off. You know, MMA, they you tap and they let you loose. You can tap the devil on his shoulder. He going to put more pressure. He going to break your doggone neck. You can say, uncle, all you want. He'll say, say, 18. Uh-huh, you a punk. I still got you. Ain't none of that stuff going to work. You need to know how to be bold today and approach the throne of grace to find the grace and the mercy you need in the time you need it. You need it. I'm talking to somebody that needs some mercy, that needs some grace. You've been going through hell. (laughs) 
the devil will attack your money. And then after he attack your money, he'll attack your house. Then after he attack your house, he'll attack your husband. Then he get done with your husband, he go into your children. And then after that, he go to your health. Then he get in your mind. You need to know how to plead the blood. Because, see, again, this is all legalities. Satan understands the legalities. He is misusing the law like, you know, thugs and mafia and, you know, American gangsters. They, so, so, the, so Satan will accuse the brethren. He goes to court and accuses the brother. You know what he did to Job, God? Look at Job. This is what he does. So, so Satan has familiar spirits that watch us. Uh-huh, look, see what Frank, see, Frank did it again. Frank did it again. But see, what you need to also understand is that the devil's accusations are based on the first Adam. The first Adam. But see, now that we're saved, it's the blood of the last Adam. Hey, Bashata. You can't bring that stuff before God against us because our lives are based on the life of the last Adam. I don't care what you did. The last Adam's blood is speaking more powerful than anything you've ever done. You need to get bold because of the blood of the last Adam. Stop being weak based on the blood of the first Adam. Come here, Pastor Donnell, please, come here. Because I know this is messing you up. This is my son. Say what the Lord is saying. <laughs> you should be free from the guilt of your former sins because Jesus paid the price for them. You should be free to laugh. You should be free to pray. You should be free to sing. You should be free to dance. And what other folk do in your circle, if it don't line up with what he's doing in his circle, you're in the wrong circle. Get out of the circle of bondage. Get out of the circle of guilt. Get out of the circle of shame. Get back into the circle of praise. I hear the Lord saying you are a beneficiary that's not using your benefits. I hear the Lord saying, there are benefits that you don't know. It's in John, the last chapter of the book of John. It says this, I suppose that Jesus did so many miracles that if it were possible, all the books of the world would not be able to contain it. I hear the Lord saying there are things that he wants to do in you that he's never done, but you won't know it's available until you read the benefit package. Somebody give God the praise. Thank you, Pastor Donnell. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, raise your boldness level. Come on, raise your praise. Hallelujah. Raise your praise. Raise your boldness level. You have a right to praise God. Now, let me finish this message. When Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he accomplished more than redemption and the remission of sins. I'm going to say that again. When Jesus shed his blood, he accomplished more than redemption. As amazing and awesome as redemption is, he did more than cancel out our sins, past, present, and future. As amazing as that is, the blood of Jesus reversed every part of the curse. Hallelujah. The blood... Mm -mm -mm. The blood of Jesus reversed every aspect of the curse. 
maybe you need to read what the curse was so you know what's never going to be a part of your life again. So you can be bold when the devil bring that to you. I say, you can't bring that in this house. You can't bring that into this body. And if you sneak it in, we're going to get it out. Because I'm pleading. Oh, hallelujah. I'm pleading. I'm pleading the blood. When Jesus was on the cross, just before he gave up his life, he said, it is finished. It's finished. Nothing else needs to be done. I was listening to uh, a preacher on TV uh, this past week when I was building myself back up. And um, I think her name is Prophetess Brenda Kuhneman, Hank Kuhneman's wife. And they, 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 they on their, and I'm not promoting, I don't usually do this, but it, it was so profound, it was so right on time. They, they were doing a war on sickness. I said, man, we just... Okay, God, I see, I see you. She said, when she read the scripture that said, by Jesus Christ, we were healed. She said something so bold. I said, well, I love bold preaching. She said, do you realize since we were healed, Jesus ain't doing anything else. If you want your healing, you got to get it. Let, 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 let me say it in a, in a domestic, simple way. Your mom and dad or your mom just went and bought groceries. If you're hungry, get your butt up and fix you something to eat. Why are you talking about you hungry and you got a refrigerator full of food? The fact that you were going to be hungry was already predestined and taken care of. Jesus knew we would need healing, so he already provided healing so that we already knew if we happen to get sick, we already have healing. Sometime you got to plead the blood. All right. All right. I'm say this. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm finishing. I'm probably been up here longer than I should. Revelation. I believe people are getting healed during this message. Revelation 12, 11 tells us we overcame Satan. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You got to know the power of the blood. You have to know how to plead the blood. You have to have been pleading the blood in order to overcome. Oh, I'm speaking a word of overcoming in this church. I'm speaking an overcoming word. I'm speaking the power of overcoming in this church today. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb. By pleading the blood. Write this down. Pleading is a legal practice used in the courts of heaven. Pleading is also used in man's courts. <laughs> if you've ever been in pre, uh, a court, they'll ask you what your plea is. What do you plead? In Latin, the language many say is dead today, in Latin, the word plea literally means lawsuit. When we plead the blood of Jesus, we are countering his plea with a lawsuit. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't put that on me, Satan. 
I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a lawsuit against you. Some of y'all need to go to court. Some of y'all need to take demons to court. Mm. Pleading, the word plead, is derivative or a derivative of the word please. Plead and please are cousins. <laughs> Pleading is pleasing. That's why you, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, Mike, uh, from time to time here in court, an attorney say, if it pleases the court. Because you got to know how to please the court. Try to help some saints today. Your prayer life is going to go through the roof. You, woo! Some things are about to happen in your life, like Pastor Donnell prophesied, that, that's been held up. And, but now you, you're going to know how to plead the blood. You're going to please the court in heaven. You're going to stop pleasing people and learn how to please heaven. See, pleasing again, pleasing the court is saying something the judge and jury finds acceptable. You can't pray prayers that are unacceptable in heaven. You can't just pray what you heard somebody pray that sounded real good. See, the anointing gives us the privilege and power to bring our cases before the throne, the judge of the universe. You can't pray prayers and say, I'm talking to the universe. No, you got to talk to the judge of the universe. I know it sounds real hip and real cool to hear people say, oh, the universe don't like that. Skip the universe. I'm trying to please the judge of the universe. You're flowing real good, man. Promise you. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We have total access to God in every single way. You and I just need to get bold enough to get into his face and his presence and bring our petition. By the blood of Jesus. So again, Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore, because we're anointed, because we've been given the spirit of power, love, and sound of mind, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, the judge of the universe, the God of all gods that we might obtain. There's some stuff you're about to obtain. I said, there's some things you're about to obtain. I said, there's some things God promised you and I and us that we're about to obtain. We're about to obtain something. That means we're about to get our hands on it. It's about to be tangible. It's about to be real. It's not going to be imagined. It's not going to be just written. It's not going to just be prophesied. You're about to get your hands on some things God promised you. that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help. There's, there's supernatural help coming. Mm. Hallelujah. There's supernatural help on its way to your life. There's supernatural help coming. It's on its way to your situation, to your circumstances, to your home, to your marriage, to your children, to your business, to the body of Christ. There's supernatural help on its way because we need it. Everybody that needs it, get on your feet right now and begin to be bold in your praise. 
bold in your worship, bold in your declaration. Supernatural help is on the way. Plead the blood of Jesus. Worship team, come please. Come quickly, come quickly, please. There's a release in here. There's a supernatural release in here. Boldness is crucial. It's a new day. You're not gonna take steps backwards anymore. You're gonna take steps forward. Doesn't matter how many times you've been hit. Doesn't matter how many times enemies attack. You're about to advance. Because you have to advance the cause of Jesus Christ, your King. Sing a song or two. Listen, as they prepare to worship, if you're not saved, you can come to the altar. Somebody will pray for you, get you saved. Just raise your hand and tell somebody, I need you to pray for me. I need to be saved. If you're already saved, you want to join, come to the altar. Raise your hand, tell somebody, I want to join. Someone will pray with you. If you're coming to the altar and you need to be healed, just, just get on your face, get on your knees, and nobody will touch you. If you want somebody to pray for you, raise your hand, they will. But the altar is open for God to move in your life. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.